Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Hello and welcome to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center right here in Tempe, Arizona, where we help build businesses and connect you with the right people. And today we have such a conversation today that we have been looking forward to for a handful of months. Uh, we had this scheduled on the calendar and then life took place and a couple of us got sick, myself included. And so I'm very happy to welcome to the studio today my friend Rich Milburn and his beautiful wife, Don Milburn, with Silver Group. Real Estate Solutions with the broker Real. Welcome to the studio. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Happy to have you. And they were thoughtful enough to bring their partner in crime, Julia Colangelo, Executive Director with The Abington at Gilbert. Welcome to all of you. Oh, thank you. Thanks okay. for having us. Absolutely. And Rich, you and I got to reconnect, well, first of all, via Facebook for the last several years. Yes. And you've just been one of those guys, which I don't know if Don knows this, have just been a champion and a cheerleader for me in life's things that have happened for me over the last four years. Not that conversation today, although we've done it plenty of times here on <laughs> Business Radio X. And every single time we've had those conversations, you've attributed your own growth and your own love and joy in this later part of your life to your relationship with Don. Correct. So I'm yep. so thrilled to meet you. Oh. Yeah. And then we got to see each other recently at our 40th class reunion right here in Tempe, Arizona, where McClintock graduates. Yes, we are. Wow. We actually started the, the reunion planning stages back at the 20. We and did. You and I were involved with that one. We did indeed. And I'm happy to say we had a fantastic reunion and a lot of people came and it was just a, a great opportunity. So I always love it. When I have folks in the studio with me, and for those of you watching on LinkedIn and wondering why you hear this voice, but you don't see anybody, it's because I am producing and hosting at the same time. And when I have a room full of folks like this today, I like to make sure that the attention is on them. So you'll hear my voice guiding the conversation, but really the spotlight is on both the Silver Group as well as the Abington at Gilbert and how these organizations work really well with each other. Before we get into today's conversation, focusing on that, I'd love for each of you to take a few moments to introduce yourself. What did you do in you know early years of your career, and then what led you to the role that you have today, and what do you love most about it? So we'll have whoever wants to start first. Who are you? What is the role that you play? What have you done career-wise? And what do you love so much about the work that you're doing today? Who wants to jump off the ledge first? Well, since uh, both of them are looking at me, I guess I'm going to, <laughs> I see that. Uh, <laughs> to start start the conversation here. Um, but yeah, I'm Dawn Milburn, as you said, and I originally had a career in insurance. As life progressed, my mother needed uh, some assistance. She lived out in California. I moved her out here. I had to move her into an assisted living community. After she lived there for a few months, I decided it was time to make a career move, and I could see how I could take my experiences uh, from in the insurance industry and transition that into maybe sales and senior living. And so I took that leap of faith, and that's how I ended up in assisted living. Don, how long ago was that? That was probably about uh, eight years ago, nine years ago. It's a while. Yeah. So it was a while ago. As I moved on to um, a couple of different communities, I eventually became um, the executive director out of a need at the community that I was at, and my mother was still there living in the community since I have retired from that. Pre-tired. Um, Pre-tired, as Rich <laughs> says, yes. 
Rich has had a real estate license for quite a while and decided to go to work for the Klaus team. And just so happens the Klaus team had a need for what they called their silver group. And the silver group is a free service that provides guidance to seniors in transition. And it was just the perfect fit for me. And so I have taken that role on and uh, just have taking the ball and run with it. So that's where I'm at now. What a great introduction. And I didn't realize that, Rich, you were in real estate first. I thought it was the other way around because this is a second career or maybe a third career for you as, as well. 3.5. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about uh, yourself. As yeah. you know, I grew up local here. We enjoyed our McClintock days and graduated in 1983. From there, I went to college and then became local law enforcement. And I did a law enforcement for career for 20 years. 15 years retired now, but right after uh, law enforcement, I went into law enforcement consulting and also teaching an interview and interrogation set of classes in an organized group and became a certified forensic interviewer. Hmm. And then about three years after or during that time frame, I ended up, I had my license also as a police officer for about five years, but I left the state when I retired as well, rented a house out and then what I call a domestic change of life. And coming back to Arizona and finding my father pretty much 75 pounds of water weight from congestive heart failure, diabetes, mm -hmm. and everything else in his chair, walked away from everything, got back here, moved in with him, started taking care of him, and became a caregiver, if you will. Um, and then through that, and worked another job, and now I got my real estate license back about five years ago because of taking care of my father and that type of thing. Don and I ended up meeting, and it's a small world that I can tell you a quick story. If we talked about the Kenny Klaus team, well, Kenny Klaus is also the you know one of the main owners of the hubs, the hub restaurants, Union Station, and all that. And Don and I actually met at the hub. So I'm not allowed to tell that story because she doesn't like my version of it. <laughs> oh no! But it not was radio a, appropriate. Well, anyway. that's my version. But, um, and then just. I left the other job about four months ago and went full-time real estate now with the Klaus team. Yeah. And I just, because of seeing what seniors go through, and on top of that, we both, we live in a 55-plus community as well, but we see what seniors go through and what families go through, and then the clash of with the senior needs and the families, right. that it's a passion of all three of us on this panel, and uh, that's where we're at today. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I looked at my watch uh, and don't always do that, but Carrie Davidson just <laughs> texted me <laughs> and uh, is, is keeping an eye on us. How fun is that? Well, let him know that we have services for him too. <laughs> right. I will another classmate. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you, you never think anybody's watching unless it's my dad, right? Just kidding. Uh, we've been doing this for seven years, but it's super fun when we have classmates who are... Carrie, Carrie looks older than your dad, I think. <laughs> maybe, maybe just I a I just did that because he's listening. Oh, so. no. I love it. So good. Well, thank you for the introduction and thank you for your, your years of service as a police officer and how neat that this is how you two landed here in caring for your own parents, right? That's big. We've done a lot of conversations on Phoenix Business Radio uh, with folks who are serving our elderly. It often is that somebody comes to it through their own experience. So, Well, the nice thing about it is what we'll talk about is covering how to avoid a lot of the mistakes that we made thinking we right. were helping. Right, and not knowing any better. Mm -hmm. So thank goodness you guys have come before us. Julia, how about yourself? Uh, what what led you to the role that you have? 
Yeah, just tell us a little bit about what you're doing. I always say that I did not choose this role, that this role chose mm. me. And it's that's the very honest truth. I graduated from the University of Pittsburgh School of Social Work, and I was working with adolescents in group homes whose parents were all incarcerated. This was in Pittsburgh, and then at one point we moved to Los Angeles, wanted to get out of the snow, so we went as far west as we could. And I took a position in a geriatric psychiatric hospital. And I joined a couple of boards, Alzheimer's Association and Adult Protective Services, and thought, wow, these seniors really need a lot of help. And there was a sign going up. I was working as a social worker in, in the hospital, and there was a sign going up two blocks from my house of an, a new assisted living community. This was in 1996, and assisted living was unheard of. What is that? But I knew that I worked with seniors, and I really liked working with seniors and helping them. And so I applied for the job as the marketing director, and they did not want me as the marketing director. They hired me as an executive director. And I remember saying, what do they do? <laughs> so here I am 31 years later, what? and I wouldn't do anything else. I live and breathe it, and I love it. With the same company? Nope. Okay. Nope. Different company. So how did you land here? At the Abington? Yeah. The Abington is a dream come true for me. It literally is. Um, I've worked all of my career for small folks and large corporations. Not a huge fan of large corporations. I think sometimes folks get lost in that shuffle. That's what really concerns me. Um, it's not about, you know, the powder puff and paint of the building. Mm. It's about the people that are serving our residents. And this opportunity came to us. It was kind of a fluke. My friend and marketing director saw it online. Uh, we applied. There's uh, three guys and a gal that basically operate this company. They didn't ever work in Arizona. And this was their first toe dip in Arizona with assisted living. They have four properties in Utah. Interesting. And they handed us a key and a credit card and said, you guys go know what you're it. doing. Please go for it. And, and how long ago was that? That was in April. Oh, so this is year. a fairly new role with them anyway. That You've been doing correct. this for a yeah. while. Wow. And the building is not open yet. It's We're going to be opening any day now. We're waiting for licensing to come in and complete their survey and... Then we're ready to move our residents in. Oh, I love that we're, you know, among probably the first to, to share the news about this. So this is really, really great. All right. So for our listeners and our viewers, let's talk about some of the misconceptions around senior living and just really the, the care that's needed. And again, let's just kind of round robin and, and talk over each other and jump in there. But what are you seeing as some of the misconceptions that people have when it comes to needing care? I think first and foremost is that not talking about it will make it not happen. Oh, gosh. I Nine times out of ten, you talk to families, and uh, they haven't even, you know, had the discussion with mom and dad. They'll always end with, well, we just hope it doesn't happen. And the truth of the matter is that people 65 and over, 70% of them are going to need some form of care. And, um, you know, they always say, uh, hope is not a strategy, mm. and that's absolutely true and no different in, in the senior living. So I would say, first and foremost, that is a misconception. Yeah. 
Yeah, we absolutely need to talk about it. A friend of mine, Catherine Scrivano, is a financial advisor, and we've had her on a couple of times. And and very similarly, she said the same thing. If we're not having conversations with, you know, our estate or our financial well-being or what's happening next to mom and dad, it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. And that is t- tends to be one of the misconceptions. And it seems so silly when we think about it from a common sense perspective, but emotions get in the way, don't they? Yes. And so it's a real fearful people. If I talk about it, it's going to happen. So if I don't talk about it, it's not going to happen. Well, that comes into play too with just not like the main caregiver or the main sibling. You have other siblings that don't see the parent as often and don't believe it and don't support it. Also, you have some of the family that worries about the money. But for me... And I'll step off of here because I'm not the professional that these two are. The perception of of the communities is like what we remember as a kid where you'd go into a room that looked like God's waiting room. Mm. And it's not that. These are cruise ships that don't sail. And then I'll let them go from there. That's very true because back in the day, as my children call it, Mm -hmm. residents or folks lived either at home or at what they considered the home which was scary and smelly and, you know, people just in, you know, wheelchairs and and jerry chairs and beds in the hallways and stuff. It's not assisted living anymore. That's, that is not assisted living. And I can't tell you how much joy I get when people walk in, you know, prospects walk in and they want a tour and they look around, they go, wow, it's so beautiful in here. (laughs) You know, they're expecting to see, you know, really sick people laying around doing nothing or being fed. And it's not that way at all anymore. It's very lively. In fact, I can Mm -hmm. say that from a personal experience. My mother was very difficult and would not discuss the topic at all. Mm. Um, In fact, we had to um, have an agreement that if one more incident occurred, we were going to have to have that hard conversation. And so that is what happened. She would not even look at communities with me. And when I did find one and um, I did move her in, her first uh, look at it and her expression was, oh, my gosh, this is so beautiful. So here she had these horrible thoughts. And in fact, on the way there, she kept saying, well, what does it smell like? And I thought, what an odd question. But then I had to look at it from her perspective. And the truth was she was very well pleased when she arrived. So you had to find it that it was more attractive for her to see the building and the firemen that had to come pick her up. Yes, she did like the firemen coming to pick <laughs> oh, her up. Oh, she did. Yeah. She liked it's, that part, too. Part the, she liked the attention, the yeah. I've had well, residents in my past that would hurry up and throw on makeup and get down to the lobby because they knew the fire truck was coming. Yes, yes, well, they like to see the firemen. And, and these, are real, that, that, these are real considerations. Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to say, part of the misconception that you two deal with all the time where the people that come or the, or the families that come in and say, I want this big lush room for mom versus understanding that the community is there for mom to get out and enjoy people. Mm-hmm. The community is their home. That's, that's what I always say. We work in their home. We're their support person. People ask me all the time, what are your visiting hours? Whenever somebody wants to come and visit you, I don't care. I always tell them that the only two rules that I have 
are they're not allowed to fall and they're not allowed to get sick. But other than that, they can do whatever they want. Oh, wait, 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 wait. If teenage boys come in and try to take the cookies. Well, that's different. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that's, yeah, don't that's... do that when Julia's running. Though. No, that will be the end of that. Oh, my goodness. So let's talk about some of the mistakes that families might make in making some of these decisions. So it's a little, I don't know if we've covered that already, but surely, you, again, Rich, you alluded to it, your experiences have led you to this part of your career so that you can help people not make the same set of mistakes. So what are some of the mistakes that either you made and, and what can you encourage people to do or just things that you've known, you know, now that you've been in the industry and, and around for a while? Are you asking me? Anybody. Okay. <laughs> well, I think the one of the mistakes that people make is, in, in tying it back, is that they don't plan. So what precipitates a move? It's normally a fall or an illness. And now it's an urgency. So now it's an urgency. And when you do that, you may not get that community that is ideal. You may have to um, take one that does, you know, not perfect, but will do type of thing. And you also don't have the time necessary to really research things. So, yeah, it, it really ties in to that other. Well, Absolutely. Because oftentimes when folks fall or let's say they did break a hip and they have to go to a rehab facility, when they've met their max, the best that they're going to be, the strongest they're going to be through physical therapy, the facility is required to give 48 hours notice. Yep. So, so many folks walk in in that desperation, that panic, I need a place right now for my mom. So they're not taking the time to really research who's out there and that there are different people and different products, right? Not every single community is the same. They have different policies and procedures. Um, and so they have to make a knee-jerk reaction. And oftentimes it's not the best the best property for their for their loved one. And this is really where your team comes in, right? Where you're offering this transition guidance. Well, let me give you, I have a client right now on the real estate side, um, living by herself, totally independent. You know, she's almost 80, diabetic, but living fine. All of a sudden she ends up with two medical things. She has COVID and another thing mm. that put her in the hospital. And they come back and say, I'm sorry, you're not capable of living on your own anymore. She has no family. She's estranged from her son. Um, she did, I don't know how she got to it, but, and Donald talked about the placement agents, but got a hold of a placement agent. And a placement agent is somebody who will help you find a community that best fits your needs and also explains everything that needs to be in place before you can move into a community. But now I have a house that's in disarray, a lady who can't do any of it herself and all that. So the placement agent calls Don. Don brings up me for me to help her with the house. But then we also have others that get involved that helped, came out there, spent time with her at the house, helped her organize the entire house, helped her sell what she could and got other things ready to move into her new assisted community. So without this, this lady would have been completely stranded. And all these services came from what Don was able to recommend. And Don's information is free. Hmm. Right. I, I just hate the thought of people having to wing it in certain situations, um, you know, with these transitions. And my services eliminate the need to just wing it. I can point you in the direction of tried and true resources, people that I've known for years. That was the one thing I was thinking when I retired and, and this opportunity came up. I thought, I've built so many great relationships. 
I can help guide seniors to reputable services that they're they're going to need, whether it's in-home care or it's um, a move to a community or to a placement agent or you know whatever. Maybe they need to still get their their legal documents in order, but they don't know who. To go. There are a lot of not so good people out there. I, I was just going to allude to that and really ask that if you don't have the guidance, people. Not everyone, but there are a lot of people who intentionally are taking advantage of our seniors. I mean, everybody (laughs) anyway, but specifically our seniors. My dad got a call. He's 85. He got a call um, from who he thought was my my oldest son, my 29-year-old. And he felt like, you know, things didn't sound quite like Grady. And so he was, you know, savvy enough to be listening and said, well, let me call you back. And he quickly called me and he said, Grady just called me and he said, he's in trouble. Are you aware of that? I think you might have been the first call if he were. And it was not Grady. But don't you remember me, Grandpa? And those sorts of things. So that's a little bit off topic. However, let's talk a little bit about some of the concerns that folks might, that that you can help protect people when you get to be there to help them transition. Transition. And then from your perspective, Julia, being there to be that loving arm and that kind of second pair of eyes, I would imagine, Absolutely. for folks. So mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about that to, to carry on with that. What are some of the concerns that you see that if people don't know, they just don't know? Well, I think first thing that comes to my mind is um, in choosing a community, for instance, that would be one thing. They may say, oh, it's it's a beautiful building, um, as Julia has always said, powder puff and paint. Mm-hmm. And so they'll choose a building because it fits their um, aesthetic, yet they don't know who's in charge of that building. They don't know the owners. They don't know the management. Some people have even said to me, oh, I heard such and such is a good community. Well, that might have been a few years ago. And those that have our ear to the ground will know that maybe there's been a management change or something has occurred in that building where it really isn't as reputable. You need somebody that um, stays in the loop and knows these things. Mm -hmm. You can save yourself a lot of heartache, a lot of headache by doing that. Yeah. We always call ourselves, my entire team, when somebody comes into tour, let us be a resource for you because we've done it for so many years, I've done it for 30 years. I've worked with my marketing gal, Michelle, for since 99. We live and breathe this business. So let us be a resource because there is false information that floats around out there. And folks will come in and say, well, I was told at this community that X, Y, and Z. And I'd say, no, that's not the rule. Let me tell you what the rule is. Mm-hmm. And so I love being a resource for people. And I'll tell people sometimes, I just did it last week and said, your mom's probably not going to be appropriate here. If this was my mother, this is the type of community that I would look for. Mm-hmm. Let me give you some resource. And I also will help them and guide them to go online to the Department of Health Services and look at past surveys that these communities have been through and what do they mean and how to explain that to them. What is something you want to say, oh, that's probably not going to be a great place for me or that was a minor deficiency. Maybe a signature was forgotten or something like that. That's not a big deal. And so we use ourselves constantly as, as a resource to people. And people come back oftentimes. And they're in another property, but they're asking us a question. I love that, right? They're coming there to see if they their loved one or they themselves might be a good candidate for your location. Mm-hmm. However, you've been doing this long enough and you are savvy. And of course, it sounds like a relationship person as well, that 
even if they're not a good fit, you're going to guide them and help them find the right information. And I love that you touched on too, Julia, that when it comes to looking at reviews online to help people understand, because, you know, people, everybody thinks they're a Karen, (laughs) just kidding, (laughs) but they do like they're, I mean, everybody can get angry and they can be that, that keyboard warrior if they're upset with something that happened. And I just heard you say that you'll help them be discerning in when, when they're looking at reviews, what would be something that should be a red flag and which might be somebody who's just frustrated and angry. And we might not know that going in. Well, most people don't know where to look. They oh, don't, even they that don't too. Know, they do not know where the website is. They don't know how to access it or okay. or get into it and research. And I love to educate people on that. Let me show you that property. <laughs> yeah. Did you already cover how the two of you got connected? Well, no. I acquired I, I, Oh, no. Rich is like, oh, I acquired no. I alluded to it a little bit earlier Go when deeper. I said <laughs> I became an executive director when the need arose because um, prior to that. We were working, we worked together. Um, I was uh, marketing and and she was my executive director. And then when she uh, left the property, that position opened up. Not that I ever wanted to be an executive director. That was our our kind of a joke, but the need was there. I I really felt I needed to to represent the residents as well as we could. (laughs) Not going to let it go that Monday, not that vanilla. It was much better. (laughs) Oh, no. No, it's a good story. Okay, you can mute the mic now over there on him because I don't know what's coming out. No, this, this is the truth. Mouth. This is the truth. This is not how we met story. But when Julia came into the building that Don was working in in marketing, Julia ended up making a change. And Don that night said, the marketing director position has come available. I don't know if I want to do it. You mean the ED? ED. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Before that. When oh, when Julia director. came into she the said, building? She said, how'd you guys come together? Oh, ah. <laughs> so she goes, I don't know if I want to do that. I said, well, what's your She goes, I would have to have like, these, 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 these conditions or I'm not even considered. I said, all you can it. do is ask. So the way I got the meeting is she went into Julia and said, these are the conditions I want. And Julia basically had this look on her face like, whatever. Well, Don laid them out and said, fine, you're hired. I was basically trying to talk myself out of the position. I hear that. See, I told you her story was vanilla. Yeah, yeah. So I did. I did tell her, well, I wouldn't do this unless this, this, this. And Julia's like, great. When can you start? (laughs) Basically. Julia, that's who you need in that position. Exactly. And that's fun. That's the fun piece for me is when I meet people and knowing I can figure out what their strengths are. And I knew Dawn could do this position with her eyes closed. Now, we brought up in our precursor about the 20-foot dinosaur, 20 or two-story dinosaur. Which I had no clue. I'm like, what are you talking well, about? Well, now we're going back to marketing, and this is how these two work together. So I'll let, you know what? We have a very fun time. We had a great, together. it was a bad time. It was COVID yeah. during, um, you know, 2020, 2021. That was no fun, but we made it fun. The residents never knew what was coming. I mean, one day we would walk in and everybody was a different superhero. One day we'd walk in and everybody was from a dressed for a different decade. Could be a safari day. I mean, we had so many things. Brilliant. We had toilet paper scavenger hunts. That's where all the toilet paper went. That's, That's where it went. Where it went. Mm-hmm. But one day, yeah, I was uh, out of town actually when my dinosaur arrived because we had just said that we could take the masks off. Mm-hmm. And so I ordered... <laughs> a two-story two story dinosaur. A dinosaur. A blow blow up dinosaur. Two story. Yeah. Blow up one. A blow up, you know. Big yeah. Barney. Inflatable yeah. guy for the front of the building. 
and it had a it was holding a big banner that said uh, "Face Mask are now are now extinct." extinct. Oh my gosh. As a marketing thing. But I didn't tell my team. A lot of times I didn't tell the team what I was up to until it happened. Well, I was out of town when they brought it early and it got delivered. And I just remember the text from Julia. <laughs> what the? <laughs> what yep, the bleep. heck is this? <laughs> I don't think she said heck. No, I she didn't. didn't. That's why I said bleep. <laughs> what the bleep was this? I, I, I'm glad that, Rich, you pro- prompted that story or those stories because it really is uh, an indicator of not only the joy that you bring to the roles that you play and the organizations that you represent, but also I get a feel for how it must feel like for the residents to be in, in your space. Yeah. Well, the team that you guys built, I'm throwing you guys both props towards somewhere in the process of the COVID, all the staff got t-shirts as the team and they had several residents come up to them and said, where's our shirts? We're on this team too. And they all got shirts. They were all, that's the community and what they did and making what an assisted living community to independent, well, they have independent assisted and in this community also had memory care. Everybody was a part of it. Everybody felt a part of it. And that's where the getting the right sources of information, the right people make that chapter of life that not everybody looks forward to Something that the family can look back and go, look at mom and dad. Look what's, oh my God, we haven't seen them smile like this in forever. Because mm-hmm. as we're off doing our daily jobs, work, kids, whatever else, we don't have time that we think we do to take care. Yeah. So that's where these resources and what a good community does. They get, they make people younger. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's that misconception in the battle that I would hear from you know, the families that, because there's no conversation, because there's no, there's somebody, one of the siblings is more worried about the money that's being spent versus the quality of care. The advertisements is if you do it this way without this, you can save money. But when did mom and dad become a widget versus what they need? Right. And that's where, when I listened to Don, listened to Julie over the years, talking to families, which includes everybody, you see the difference of just going to the store and buying a loaf of bread and doing what you need to do for mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's, I think, the main reason that I continue to stay in this business is to see the changes in residents. One, their look when they walk in, like, wow, this this isn't so scary. But I have a great story that I just feel like I have to share of right course. now. And I had a resident, and she was – well, her daughter came into our community. This is – many years ago, her daughter came into the community and started talking. And I recognized right away that she and I were from the same hometown in Pittsburgh. And she was telling me about her mother. And her mother was in a psychiatric hospital for attempted or um, was chatting or talking about suicide. And no property would take her. They didn't want anybody that, you know, would talk suicide. And I said, well, let me, let me meet her. So I went to the hospital with, with the daughter And I went in and I met with mom and it turns out that mom was a ballerina all her life and mom broke her back and she didn't feel like she had anything to live for anymore. She was in, you know, chronic pain. She was maybe 80 pounds and she was ready to be discharged, but nobody would take her. I said, I'll take her. I'll bring her to the community. 
And I, the daughter was out of state, and she said, can you find her a really nice apartment? I found her apartment on the ground floor overlooking the courtyard and flowers. Now, this one was a ballerina, so when her furniture started arriving, it was from all over the world, mm. beautiful pieces. And I thought, I've got to get her a lady's apartment, and so we chose this apartment. So she comes in. We, we pick her up in our bus, and we bring her to our community, and I said, I'm going to come in the morning, and I'll, I'll walk you down to breakfast because that's always the scariest part. For any new resident sure. in a building is going into a dining room. Where do I go? Where do I sit? How do I order? And she said, okay, okay. And uh, I'm coming the next morning around 7 o'clock, and I'm coming down the hallway. And here she comes in a walker. Now, she was brought in in a wheelchair. And just from overnight, and it makes me teary, and she says, Heaven, I'm in heaven. Oh, my goodness. And she lived there for years after that. She had a lot of boyfriends. She had a boyfriend in Tucson that would pick her up occasionally and take her to Tucson for the weekend. And I thought, that is is (laughs) my biggest joy when I see that. And I Mm -hmm. see stories like that over and over and over again. And again, for our viewers and listeners... (laughs) What could have been the alternative, right? You mentioned that the daughter was concerned because she had been having suicidal ideation Mm -hmm. or having conversations around it. No one would take her. So literally could have chosen to take her life or withered away in in some place. In a psych hospital. Yes, in a Mm -hmm. psych hospital. Mm -hmm. You know, based on also the the other option taking from her story. Look at people that are going into that Alzheimer's dementia portion of life. And it doesn't happen to everybody, but it does happen. And it affects different people at different ages faster. Mm -hmm. We see it in our own community. We see it. I saw it when they were there. It's the difference of the right care at the time to prolong the life and slow down that disease and doing it ourselves as a layman, just the child or a sibling of that person. For what you two can talk about as far as you see the differences and how to help in that realm versus somebody trying to do it themselves and the frustration and how it takes down the caregiver versus, well, you know where I'm going. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, it is important to realize that put having a parent move into a community um, isn't putting them away. And, and kids and spouses need to get past that. They need to understand their limitations, and they need to understand the strengths of the people that who that are trained and that truly care for them. So yes, the process of of uh, dementia that can be delayed, slowed down just by having uh, the interaction and the challenges and the things that we provide in a community. So that goes right along with the misconception that you're doing them an injustice by helping them find an appropriate community. It's not an injustice in a lot of cases. It's the best thing you can it's do for them. It's life-giving. It yes. could potentially be life-giving. Well, just Don is certified with the dementia and, and I'll let her do it, but tell that story about the gentleman with the missing nameplates or whatever it was that kept missing off the walls and how you fixed it and understood the situation. Well, and here's the thing that, yes, we had a gentleman that, um, well, we assumed it was a gentleman. We kept finding the nameplates off of the walls in the hallway in, in the, um, memory care. And we had a good hunch who was doing it, but we could never catch that individual. So one day I just happened to be down a hallway and sure enough caught our little culprit 
I knew that his previous work was in construction. And so they revert a lot of times to things they've done in the past. So instead of scolding, I just merely went up and said, hey, what you doing? He said, I found it. He says, I think I need one more tile and I'll be done with the job. And I said, oh, is this, do you think this one will fit? And he goes, I think it will. And I said, really? So if you, if you use this one, then you'll, you'll be, be done. able to complete the job. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Sure enough, he took it down. Never again. Never, never did it again. But these aren't things that, that family members may know how often we've seen family members trying to correct mom correct and dad them. Mm-hmm. and or keep reminding them, no, dad died last year. Don't you remember? And it's like, now you've made them relive that. Every time. And is it so necessary? It's not necessary. Take their journey. Wherever there are, we take their journey. There's, there's just and a we're lot trained. more. We understand how to handle those situations. A lot more hidden things that help that don't hurt when you just don't know. You just don't know. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you seen the piano start to play and all of a sudden somebody who hasn't talked in two months starts singing a song? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Let's focus our attention for the next little bit around, well, both the Abington of Gilbert and also Kenny Klaus. So why would a real estate team and a real estate broker make the decision to have someone like you in the position? I mean, some it's clear to me, but what have we not highlighted? And how did that decision come to be? Well, I think uh, Kenny realized that there is a need for seniors who are selling homes um, and moving into assisted living. There's so many other pieces um, Mm. involved in that process, whether it's someone that can come in and help them downsize and then get them set up into um, an assisted living apartment. So they're going to, you know, need fewer things. Someone that needs to box it up, unpack it, Maybe they don't have their their legal documents in order, those types of things. So Kenny saw that need and and really wanted to launch this program for clients that are are in that situation. Now, the program has since uh, become expanded to include anybody in the community. Anybody can contact me, and I am more than happy to get them to the resources they need. And like I said, they're ones that are tried and true, ones that I've known over the years, ones I know I can trust. You know, that type of thing. So, what a great well, example of servant leadership. It's very overwhelming for folks. They don't know where to even begin and where to start. And a lot of our folks, as we know, they come from really large homes, right? So they've gone from growing up in their parents' home to living with their spouse. They've had that home or they live with that spouse for 40, 50, 60, 70 years. And now maybe that spouse is gone. And that house is, you know, three, four-bedroom house it just becomes too much. And so they get stagnant and are unable to make that next step. To further answer your question as well, and I won't get into details, but but Kenny's had some personal experience around senior living and stuff like that. But Kenny, I'm not going to put him on a podium and parade around him, but he is a great dude who loves the community. And we just had a meeting again this morning talking about all the different foundations and how he gives to the community from the schools to law enforcement to Mm. all kinds of stuff. And it's not all about generating business. It's what Kenny believes you do for the community. And it's kind of cool about this because, you know, out of the four people, we're talking about Kenny, Julia, and I, we're all Steeler fans. We are. The oh. only, and then we have another team <laughs> over here. But And once again, time to mute those mics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. We'll but, but that's it's why okay. he got into it, really. I mean, uh-huh. it's about the community. And Kenny wears his emotions on his sleeves. Yeah. So. So good. 
Yeah. So if you will, Julia, share with us about the Abing team at Gilbert. I want We would be remiss if we just talked kind of generally about um, you know, senior care and making these transitions. Let's, let's highlight a little bit about your, your home away from home. I think what I love the most about it is not a huge property. Okay. It's probably my smallest, it is my smallest property in 30 years that I've mm. ever operated. But my favorite thing and what Don and I were very accomplished at is we, I love creating a family. I come from a big Italian family, <laughs> family, food, right? And we really are focusing on very high-end food and lots of stimulating activities mm. because we also recognize that a lot of residents will not come to activities. That's not something that they're comfortable with, but they do have to come down and eat. And so our food program is just just amazing. I'm just so excited. I'm waiting for license so we can just move in and start providing, start adding our family members to it. Yeah. Because our entire team has worked together for years. All of us have come together and uh, I've been able to cherry pick this team. And like I said, we've worked together for years and years. So we know what we're doing. We know what we're doing from the beginning and all those buildings that we've gone in to try to fix or realign or reculture. We're doing it from the very beginning. Right is that the from first the time you've done it from the very beginning? Yep. Oh, gosh. How fun is that? Mm-hmm. It is a dream come true. Well, as much me. as it sounds like a commercial, I'll test to it. I'll test to it. She, and then, you know, Marco, the chef and all, they enjoy the extracurricular events that go on because they all come out and they're meeting the families and they know the families. It's not, I mean, yes, the resident is a big portion of it, but they know the families. They know how to talk to the families and even sometimes know how to have to tell the families you're completely wrong here. We can't do that, but they got the respect from the families and that's what they've earned. I mean, and my hat's off to Julia. Her husband's yes. a decent golfer, too. Oh, no. You know, he's a Steelers fan, though. That's what no, I need to he's, know. No, he's, he's a Rams fan. He's a Rams fan. <laughs> well, I will say that Julia can be modest, but I will brag on her a little bit in that I say that with the Silver Group, I am going to direct people to the good resources that I have. Mm-hmm. Julia would be right at the top of that. If I know a property is run by Julia, and I think a lot of people in the industry know, if Julia's got a property, it's going to be run. It's a tight ship and it's a fun one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would have no qualms recommending that someone go and visit a property run by Julia. And that's why I invited her. Mm-hmm. I do have a lot of resources. I do have a lot of people, but um, Julia in particular, I knew was opening this property and I just wanted to kind of give that opportunity. So, thanks, Don. You're swell. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Y'all pay you later. Uh oh, Rich didn't get well, an I've accolade. Been kicked under the table later anyway, so I'm not allowed. I'm supposed to bring that. I'm up, too far always... to kick you, no, but otherwise does. I'd be doing it too. I tell her all the time when she does it. Why are you kicking me? <laughs> Calls me out. <laughs> right. So, okay. When does the uh, Abington of, at Gilbert open? Any day now. Oh, really? It yes. is? And so do you have folks who are, I'm going to use the word, pre-registered? Deposits. Or deposits. We and do. Half of it is already oh. filled with deposits. So, so we're at the point yeah. where, that, where we're waiting for the state. You have to do an application. We've done all that. Takes time. Um, some back and forth. But now it's complete. And now it's in a queue to be assigned a surveyor to come out and mm. bless my building with a license. It could be any day. It could be any day. And as soon as... Generally, when they when they survey within the next day or two, you get your license. But I've got people who've given notice that are they're ready day one. We mm-hmm. have people that have already moved in furniture and set up their apartments so that they can come in on day one and just so. go. 
Yeah. Let me do something because we've talked about some things here. So I'm going to equate the assisted living to real estate and prepping. You know, in the next year, you're going to want to sell your house and buy something else. You know, you're going to have to get your pre-qualification for a loan. You know, you're going to have to get your house ready, make plans for what you want to do and go from there. And even if you do all that, it doesn't mean you have to move. But when you're dealing with assisted living, independent, independent, assisted and memory care, you may be just fine. But when you get to a certain age, we become one incident away from everything changing. So if you have that conversation, if you go out and you talk to a placement person, go out and visit communities and you say, you know what, Julie, the Abington is where I want to go. Then you talk to Julia and the marketing director and you put in a deposit to that community. And if they call you and say, Hey, we're ready. And you're not, you stay on the list. Mm. Fine. But now when you have that incident or something happens, everything's mapped out as to what needs to happen if this happens to me. So the family isn't chasing all over the place and you can have it all set up. And that's where you can eliminate so much problems in a critical time where you're not what you put in is taking a, a knee-jerk reaction. Mm-hmm. And that's how these resources and all this, it's not to make you make a move. It's just to prepare. Just like when we do a, a, an estate or a, a will or a trust. And this is what I want to happen at this stage. It makes it so much easier on the family. I mean, when my mom passed, she had on there when to stop life, you know, um, life support. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to make that decision. Right. She had it written. What a relief. And the same thing with this. You prep. You just don't show up and go check into the Motel 6. It's not like that. Yeah. Uh, again, I have had the advantage of listening to similar conversations with other professionals. And uh, when we've talked about the family dynamic, and I think, Rich, you were the one who alluded to this earlier, the, finan- the family dynamic on behalf of mom and dad, <laughs> the, you know, maybe the 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 one kid that lives out of state, you know, the adult adult who lives out of state and doesn't realize the condition that mom or dad are in. And then they come into town and they want to start, you know, tooting their horn and telling everybody else how, how things are supposed to go down. It makes it very hard already when mom or dad is in the hospital or they're getting old enough where they really need someone to care for them. And that's where a third party like yourself, Don, could be advantageous and helpful and somewhat of a mediator and a facilitator, I would imagine. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, it's really just a matter of hand-holding. And, and I see seniors and their families and, and that need that exists in finding the resources, finding the right avenues, avoiding some of the pitfalls maybe that, that Rich and I did. Uh, I was very fortunate. You know, we talk about finding uh, family dynamics and that my brother and I were pretty much on the same page, uh, even though mom was very difficult and fought us most of the way. But For uh, the record, I did not find her mother difficult at all. Julia is being nice. Julia now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Hazel was a handful. But yeah, my my brother and I were pretty much on the same page. Hazel made national news when her house got broken into and she was ready to fight him with a cane. (laughs) Yeah. And wouldn't leave the house afterwards. Yeah. In National City, California. Interesting. Yes. Yes. She was was quite the feisty one. Yeah. But how great that you can share that, those stories, especially if maybe there's a, a, 
an adult child who's feeling embarrassed about mom or dad and doesn't know how to handle it and even doesn't understand the medical reasons behind maybe their mm-hmm. personality change. You really, each of you have such a gentle way of sharing, even you, Rich, have a gentle way of sharing your expertise and helping people see through a lens an, an alternate uh, and I, journey. Uh, again, my my joy, my everyday joy is seeing these residents change where they'll move in and maybe they, they're a little bit disheveled and they're not, you can just tell that they're sad, they're depressed, they're unhappy. And after a couple of weeks, the camaraderie mm-hmm. and the friendships, especially amongst the women, mm-hmm. they will just love on each other because they understand what every, each one understands what Until the other is going through. Until one sits in the other one's seat. Until yeah. someone sits yeah. oh, no. at the dining room. Creature, yeah. Creatures of habit. <laughs> a little bit of complex. Creatures of habit. Yeah. I, I would love Don and uh, Julia, how would you suggest that folks approach this topic with their loved ones? Is Do you have some? I always tell folks to do it when they, I'll ask people when they come to tour, does mom know you're here? Uh, does dad yeah. know you're here? Probably half the time, no, they don't. And that's a very scary conversation for them. And I said, keep it real, keep it honest. And why are you here? I know why you're here because you clearly love your mom. You're worried about her and you want to take care of her. You need to communicate that with mom. This is why. Mm -hmm. I'm very concerned about you and I love you so much and I want you to be safe. I always say keep it real. I would say to um, allow our parents to have as much control as possible. Because what happens is, do I think it's a good idea to tour without mom and dad knowing? Sure. There's, there's no harm in it. Get get some ideas. Narrow it down to a couple. And then when you have that conversation, you can say, well, I just so happened to have narrowed it down and we can go take a look. But allow our parents to have as much control as possible. I had one family that I helped recently. Mom was not having it. She did not want to move to this community and they didn't know what to do. They had already deposited. And, and so actually knew this individual. She lived in our neighborhood. And so I went with her to the community. And by the time we got to the end, she deposited on her own because we just kept saying, well, it's up to you. But if it if it were me, I would really, you know, deposit on this this particular apartment. It fits everything you've said you're looking for, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And so it became her decision. Well, then the daughter says to me, well, we've already deposited. And I said, you take that deposit back. It needs to be mom's deposit. Mm. Let her feel that she has made this decision. And ultimately, it made it so much better. Yeah. So just allow them as much. Uh, well, it's the way you phrased your, you talk to me about sometimes how you phrase things where they're, you're giving them a choice, mm-hmm. especially depending on where they are capacity-wise. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Give them choices for sure. So not not unlike, you know, when our kids are younger, <laughs> you know, your choice for dinner are, and then list two or three healthy things if you're going to give them a choice, right. mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to just saying, what do you want for dinner, right? These are your choices. And there's no um, set formula um, as as to how things will work, because what worked for, with my mother ultimately may not necessarily work for somebody else. And so that's why it's it's good to have somebody with some experience in the situation to evaluate, to see what exactly is the dynamic, what's going on. Is mom scared and really wants us to take the lead? Or is mom very determined to prove us that she doesn't need this? Um, you know, there are just different factors in it. With my mom, she could be a very reasonable person. She could be emotional, but if you sat and talked reasonably. So it, what the conversation came to was, okay, 
can we agree if there's one more fall, it will be time to make a move? And she said, okay, fine. Mm -hmm. So she resigned herself to the fact that if there's one more. So that worked with my mom. You know, maybe something else will work with somebody else. So it is good to have people that are a little more seasoned and have seen different scenarios to kind of gauge how that should go. And we spoke about this uh, at the beginning of our segment, that that trust has to be there when you're involving other people in these decisions or the research. And when there's chaos and something's happened, we're likely not thinking as clearly. And we are oftentimes, most people are not as trustful. So we're looking through a critical eye and maybe not hearing the information as clearly if we have some trauma involved in the decision making. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. And I've seen that. I've seen family members come in and they have their arms up. Oh, yes. They don't really want to be here. Oh, my gosh, it's so expensive. Or my mother would never live in that small apartment. And one of my favorite things to do is after you're done talking to them, you can see them relaxing. And let me help you understand. I'm not talking about selling you this community today or making you leave or even asking you to leave a deposit. Let me fill you in. Let me educate you about assisted living and what the different communities offer and what uh, what's the difference between a group home and, and a and a residential community. And when you educate people, they're more relaxed and they're more open to hearing. Mm-hmm. You know, another and- misconception is, especially somebody who lives in independent, they're not trapped inside the community. They can have their car. They can go out the store. They can go do what they want. They're not. It's not a prison. This is their home. We work in their home. You have a car. Great. Park your car outside then. Yeah. I love that you had shared the story about the T-shirts and how the, the community members wanted the T-shirts as well. And I and as you shared that story, I was thinking, Julia, back to what you had said, that you it's their home. You're there to be of service to them or you worded it differently. But that was really just a great example of how true that really rings for you and your team. Mm-hmm. This has been an incredible conversation. I have a lot of ideas running through my head about how to continue this conversation. And hopefully we'll get to have that conversation before we close out today's Segment. I told you to go fast, didn't it? Yes, I it wasn't did. kidding. How do folks stay in touch with you? And if you could also share, Julia, when you have your opportunity to do that, where the Abington at Gilbert is going to be located. Uh, so what can you start yeah, for us sure. first? The Abington at Gilbert is right behind Mercy Dignity Hospital. We are at the corner of Pecos and Mercy Road, directly across the street from Discovery Park. And you can reach us by going to the Abington online, abingtonseniorliving.online, or you can email me directly at ed at theabingtongilbert.com. Is there anything that I hadn't thought to ask, and, and we'll come back to it, but be thinking about this when we have Don and Rich um, share how they can we can stay in touch with them and learn more. Be thinking, is there anything else I hadn't thought to ask that would be important for our, our listeners and our viewers? So Donna Rich, how do folks find out more about your team and uh, the Silver Group program and Kenny Klaus? You can reach me at dawn at klausteam.com. Very easy. Just kind of reiterate as far as the services. I know we've ta- done a lot of talking about uh, senior living, community living, the Silver Group. The ultimate goal is to keep people as independent as long as possible. So it does not necessarily involve a move to a community. The objective would be maybe to find services that will help them stay in their home even longer and just guide you to those services. If that time comes, though, then I'm going to uh, refer you to top 
quality communities or placement agents um, to get to get the job done. So if I want to, um, even I'm I'm ready to downsize, and it's me, and I'm I I'm just I need some information on how to downsize. I can reach out, even Absolutely. if I haven't committed to sell my home yet or something like that. That's Absolutely. that's why. Kenny and the team have put And this it is in place. completely separate from the real estate. In other words, my services are available to anybody in the community, particularly the East Valley, because that's just where sure. we're concentrated. But if they need some guidance, I'm happy to provide that. Obviously, if there's a home involved that needs to be sold or one to be purchased, and I'm going to refer you to my dear friend Rich here from the, the Klaus team. Now we're but, just friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This show sucks. (laughs) (laughs) He was just waiting that last minute to get something in like that. Absolutely. So yes. So this is has has nothing necessarily to do with real estate. It's all about guidance uh, for the services that people need to keep them independent as long as possible, and and to be open to uh, the the things that are are necessary as they come. Mm. Again, talk about servant leadership. It's just incredible that you stepped into this role and said yes, and that you know Clint, Kenny had the foresight to say we need someone like this. Uh, and again, uh, Don, where and how do we stay in touch with you? Again, just email me at Don D A W N at Klausteam dot com. K A excuse me K L A U S Team dot com. Very it. good. Do we dare give you last words, Rich? I'm a little afraid. I'm safe. <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah, now, so now he'll behave, hopefully. I always behave. I just do it in different ways. Yeah, you can get a hold of me. Either my cell phone is 480-330-8904. And my uh, email at work is rich at klausteam.com. And I can do not just the senior living and all that. I can do any of the, the any real estate needs you can do. I don't do commercial, but and I'm there to help. But yes, I do have a passion to make sure that the seniors are taken care of because like you brought up earlier about people getting scammed. The newest scam I'm seeing, I'm, I'm not in law enforcement anymore, but I see that text. Hey, do you remember me on yes. your text? Do not answer that. It's a farming technique. That's my tip of the day. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for that tip. So yeah. I'm going to ask this, the two of you to also think, is there anything you hadn't thought of uh, you know, that I hadn't thought to ask about your team and the way in which you show up in your role? Um, Julie, is there anything? I have one. I, I'm sure you do. Go. When you're going to go and just visit Julia just to see what she's talking about. Oh, I love that. I would that. love to invite you, anybody that wants to see, come See, you thought I was going to... Just one of us. That would be wonderful. You gave me the microphone. <laughs> I did. I did indeed. Well done, you. <laughs> We're going to give you a gold star at the end of this. And I'm so sorry I didn't have blue M&Ms for you. <laughs> That's right. I thought about it, but then I'm like, yeah, you'll have to do that. Well, you know why? It's because we we refer to ourselves as the M&M team, the Milburn and Milburn team. Oh, had I known that, I would have had some for you. That's (laughs) awesome. I challenge you to go out and and go go have an hour with Julia and see what it really is. Because you do have a passion for this, too. I know. I see it in your face as we're talking. So I challenge you now. Yeah, I, I think love that. my my best tip would be don't trust powder puff and paint. I would oftentimes I tell people don't talk to the staff. I don't want you to talk to the staff. I want you to talk to the residents and I want you to talk to their family members because they are the ones that will be very honest if they're happy or unhappy mm-hmm. with the care and services. Mm-hmm. Great. Any lasting uh, thoughts that we want to share before we close the show? Don't go it alone. 
You really need somebody who knows the ropes. And plan early. Plan early when mom and dad can help you make those decisions or can make the decisions on their own. And the stress and the chaos mm-hmm. isn't there. Again, thank you, all three of you, for being here with us today. You've been listening to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center right here in Tempe, Arizona. Some media leans left, some lean right, and we lean business. Until next time, I'm Karen Nowicki. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.